Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So today was a bring a friend day here at Spirit Rock, um, but also secretly it's uh, become a friend day at Spirit Rock. Uh, so I want to talk to you about what that means, and uh, become a friend means actually developing the qualities of your own mind and heart that help you to be a better friend both to yourself and to others. So this is also a helpful part of the practice. So in this uh, practice, there's this development of awareness, and I've talked about some of the qualities of being curious about experience, being interested, and also there's a quality of kindness that's helpful, you know, bringing a quality of kindness, uh, of being forgiving, uh, even love, if you will, towards your relationship to your own experience. So if you think about it, you know, the quality that you're looking for in this practice of developing awareness is really similar to the qualities that you would like to have in a friend. So someone who's actually interested in you, and someone who pays attention to you. Someone who is willing to hear whether you're feeling good or feeling bad. So it's this kind of quality that we're going for uh, in our uh, meditation practice too, and in general in developing mindfulness. So for example, if you see a friend that you haven't seen for a long time, um, as I did actually this week, I have friends, a lot of friends who are fleeing the polar vortex of the East Coast <laughs> and who are coming to uh, California <clears throat> on any means they can to hang out. So, uh, you know, you see a friend you haven't seen for a long time and you're like, hey, how are you? And you want to know how they are. And sometimes they say, oh, I'm great. Like all these great things are happening. I have this new job and my kids are doing well. My relationship is good. And then you're like, oh, great. Right. And sometimes they say like, I'm having a really hard time, like I have these health problems and having these problems in my family and I just had this breakup and in that case you say like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. But it's not like you only will listen to them if they say the good things. If you're a good friend, you're open to hearing how it really is for them and you really want to know. It's not like you only want to talk to them when things are up and if they've had the bad things happen, you're like, talk to someone else, right? That's like not being a good friend, right? (laughs) So it's kind of this, this quality of um, being interested in, in hearing like how it really is. In this case, in your own experience, that's part of what we're cultivating here. So however it is that you would like someone to be with you, you can actually cultivate being your own good friend in that way. And the more that you cultivate that with yourself, then the more you're actually able to offer that to others too. So I'll give you some examples of how that's true. So one is that as we start to pay attention in our experience, oftentimes uh, people start to notice, um, particularly in relationship to this thing I was saying earlier about like sometimes things come up and it's okay and sometimes we resist them, that there are huge expenses of our experience that we really don't want to see. And so much we don't want to see them that we actually push them away. So every time they come up, we put on the blinders, right? Boom. So uh, say physical pain comes up and that's difficult for us then like, can't see that, boom, blinders. Sometimes emotions come up that are difficult for us, like jealousy or anger or fear. And 
they're difficult to experience and maybe they also don't fit with our idea of who we are. So then when they come up, we're like, boom, right? can't see that. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes it's certain thoughts come up. And we don't want to see those thoughts. So those come up and we're like, boom. Right? So here's a metaphor. So say this is the entirety of your experience here. This is like the experiences through the six sense doors that I talked about before. So seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, all of that. So here's some stuff that's okay, and then, oh, here's physical pain. i got to fold that away, push that away, don't want to see that. And then here's jealousy. Like, I'm not a jealous person, I can't see that. Push that away. Here is uh, some memories of childhood. Don't want to do that, that. push that away. Uh, Here is jealousy, don't want to see that, push that away. (coughs) Sexual feelings, make me uncomfortable, push that away. Here are uh, things I'm afraid of. Anyway, you get the picture, right? So things that we don't like come up often enough, and then we have to push them away. And this is then this strange like, shape that we actually get to live in, very small and contracted. And um, you, know, you, can, you can feel that when you're doing that. And actually, sometimes we can feel that in others, too. You know, when it's something that doesn't fit, it's like, oh, they can't deal with it, right? So as we continue their practice, then we cultivate this ability to be present with whatever is there. In, a, in an open way, in a relaxed way, even if it's really icky, or even if we would rather it was not there. But still in the same way that, like, yeah, I would rather my friend didn't have a breakup, or I would rather her health was good, but the truth is her health is not good, or she did go through a breakup, so I'll hear that, like I can be with that. So you can actually relax and open to that. Partly that helps because we know that it's temporary, we know it's like not me inherently, it's just part of the passing show. So then we kind of get to live back in this spaciousness, you have all of that experience. And we get to see what's true about all of that. What's true about who we are, what's true about reality, uh, what do we actually need to be afraid of, things like that. So in this way, we're cultivating this quality of being a good friend to ourselves, being being able to uh, be open in that way and to be kind in that way, be forgiving in that way, when our experience is not presenting in a way that we would rather it present. So uh, I said that we would talk about emotions also this afternoon. So that's um, one thing that comes up with emotions. Sometimes there's emotions that we like and some that are difficult for us. And in this way, we can practice with being with emotions, even that we don't like or that are difficult to us, uh, in the way that we would be with a friend who has that emotion. Right? So this, the Buddhist path is often called the middle way. And uh, there's a variety of ways to think about what that means. But one of them is that... Um, it means we're neither pushing away, as I did this sort of folding things away exercise, but neither are we indulging in them. So indulging in them means like an emotion comes up and then you're like, oh, woe is me. I'm the only one that feels this. Like drama queening it up a little, you know. Uh, so not that, not like fueling it, overindulging it, getting overly identified with it, but also not pretending it's not happening. So actually being with it, steady as we can, what is here right now, as it's presenting itself, with openness, with kindness, uh, with honesty, really. You know, honesty is a really important part of this path, too. So being able to be honest with yourself about what's actually happening. So a lot of people come to a meditation practice because they uh, have had some kind of difficult thing happen in their life, some suffering in their life. Uh, this is actually, like, uh, I would say, the number one reason over 2,600 years that people come to meditation practice. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and the, in, in Pali, like, this is another aspect of this dukkha, this difficulty. 
And, and the Buddha talked about this as a, a, actually a truth of life that things don't go the way we want them to, that uh, there's suffering in the body uh, that's inherent in taking birth. Like nobody has a fully pleasant physical experience all the time. And it doesn't matter how rich you are, doesn't matter how good looking you are, doesn't matter how lucky you are. You've got a physical body, it's subject to getting cold, getting ill, being injured, all that stuff. Like you cannot escape. No amount of money will let you escape this. You, know, you can maybe fix it faster or something, but you're not going to escape having pain in the body in some way. Uh, nor are you going to escape getting older. So also, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're famous or uh, whatever, you know, how your family is, everyone is subject to that. Everyone is subject to getting older. No escape from that. Uh, and then, you can see where the breadcrumbs are leading here, <laughs> death. So also there is the possibility of death as soon as you're born. In fact, there's the sureness of death. You just don't know when it is. This is something that's very difficult for us to face. And, uh, you know, the Starmai says the truth of how things are. This is like the, you know, understanding what is the nature of life. And this is actually a true dimension of our human life, is that uh, we are all going to die. Nobody has escaped this. Even, you know, you can cryogenically freeze yourself or whatnot, but still, <laughs> right? Uh, and again, it doesn't matter, like, who you are, how good-looking you are, or whatever, like you're not getting out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just true. Now, most of the time, this is among the things that we don't uh, take to be true. Like we don't pay attention because we're not paying attention. Uh, intellectually somewhere, we know this, and maybe we'll talk about it, you know, sort of vaguely, but do we actually live our life as if this is true? You know, has this actually hit us on some deep level? For most people, I say the answer is no. Uh, so... <clears throat> In the, the Dharma uh, teachings, it's actually recommended that we reflect on these things uh, frequently. In fact, almost every day, it's good to practice reflecting, like, oh yeah, I'm of the nature to get old. Right? I'm of the nature to get sick. Like, I'm going to die. So this is not meant to cause some giant panic attack, but actually just to see, oh, this is true. And how would you actually live your life if this is true? You know? Like, how would we live our life differently? You know, what grudges would we not hold? What would we prioritize? Not only are we going to die, but everyone else is going to die. So how would that impact the way that we treat people? Yeah. Uh, if you meet someone and then you find out, like, oh, they're going to die, you probably have much more sympathy towards them. Right? <laughs> and this is true of everyone you meet. They're all going to die. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you don't know when and you don't know how. And the same is true about ourselves. You know? I mean, you can read this in the news frequently, right? People die many different ways, very suddenly or surprise ways or... Some people lead short lives, some people lead long lives. Uh, it's not under your control. It's just part of how things are. So, reflecting on this. So, seeing all this stuff, it's like, oh, this is really difficult. Different emotions come up. How do we relate to that? Um, so, practicing being as open as possible and as kind as possible with ourselves as things come up. So, when these things of suffering come up, like, you know, someone's died or a breakup or your own difficulty, uh, it sometimes naturally happens that there are difficult emotions that arise. So again, this, this practice is not about creating um, sort of a special chamber of uh, calm and um, peacefulness for yourself that you like retreat into and, and uh, like for a little while, but then you have to go back into the world and it's like the mess as usual. 
It's actually developing a certain resiliency. And sometimes part of that is actually developing a level of collectedness concentration. Sometimes what it is, is actually developing the ability to be with difficult emotions. We'd always prefer the other one, right? Like, give me my panic room quiet thingy. But no, actually, it's, it's developing like the ability to be with these difficult emotions. So uh, being with them with this kind of balance. So not indulging them, not pushing them away. Being patient with them. So like with uh, physical experience also, it's not under our control. So sometimes we think like, okay, I'll be with it. But then like notice when you're sort of bargaining, like I'll be with it for a little while, but now I'm done. You know, I'm done grieving that. Now I want to be done with it and roll on. Right? <laughs> so I tolerated you for a little while, but now you're off the script. Right? It doesn't actually change the fact that it still is coming up. So can I be with this, open to that, uh, with awareness, with kindness? And in this way, uh, you're learning to be your own friend. So how do we do this? It's actually similar to the way that we work with the breath. Uh, The breath is often, for most people, more neutral, so it seems a little bit simpler. But basically, can we be present with the direct sensations of this experience? Can we know this for what it is? So not make it more than that, uh, not have to hide from it. Easier said than done, certainly. Um, And so we practice. So we practice and we notice when we're getting off balance one way or the other, we do our best. Uh, And then little by little, we can gradually develop our stamina, if you will, our ability to be more present with the wide range of emotions that's part of the rich parade of human experience. Now, eventually, the way that this path leads is, is actually one in which the afflictive emotions do start to alleviate. So it is possible to uh, experience some change of some of the negative emotions. But the way to do that is not actually by pushing them away, too. But just to know that like some of the insights <laughs> that you can have are ones that will develop uh, ability to be with things with less grief, with less suffering, with less despair, and so on. Right? And in fact, ultimately, uh, actually uprooting those tendencies because we know how things really are. In the meantime, though, here we are in our uh, kind of uh, spiritual adolescence, muddling around <laughs> with a whole mess of different things. So uh, it's helpful to be kind, to be sympathetic, and kind of get used to it. Right? <laughs> so one of the ways to work with this that's helpful, and this is related also to working with thoughts, is to first of all just recognize what's happening. And then as you see what's happening, usually there's some story that's happening about something that happened in the past occasionally fear about what's happening in the future. Uh, and then there's an experience of emotion. I'm, and I'm kind of motioning here because oftentimes experience of emotion uh, is actually like an energetic experience that's felt through here. Right? Sometimes in the head area, sometimes heart, belly. Right? Uh, so it takes some training to train oneself to tune into what is the experience in the body of emotion? And what is the direct experience of that emotion? separate from the story of they did this to me, they shouldn't have done this, I'm going to do this next time. So it requires actually disengaging the focus from the story part, which is usually where we're very engaged in playing that out, and shifting it to knowing the energetic experience of that emotion as it's present in the moment. And recognizing that with all of the 
principles that were described earlier. So recognizing the impermanence of it, uh, recognizing how there's no inherent meanness to this. It's actually really just like a weather system. You know, it's just like this rainstorm coming through spirit rock. Like it's not spirit rock. It's like part of the environment now, but it's, there's not an inherent raininess to spirit rock per se. You know, so like this, like we experience these different emotional storms coming through. Sometimes joy, sometimes fear, sometimes anger, whatnot. So train yourself to get to know these. You know, get to know these. Get to know the flavor of them. As we get to know these more and more, too, we can sort of pick it up sooner and sooner. So this is very helpful, too, because before we're completely swamped and drained by something and reactive in it, we can start to develop awareness sooner and sooner and know this. So this is like actually like developing awareness of the weather. Uh, so if you've grown up in a certain climate, you oftentimes can develop a sense of knowing like, oh, okay, it feels like it's going to rain sometimes. You know, you know like what the wind feels like when that might happen. You know what the temperature is like. Sometimes even like a sort of sound or, you know, you can you start to get a, a sense through your uh, <coughs> physical body and um, other senses sometimes about when a rainstorm is starting to come. So I remember when I first moved to San Francisco, I grew up on the East Coast, and I knew very well on the East Coast what it looked like when when storm was coming. It's like a certain wind, and the clouds look a little way in the sky. So when I moved to San Francisco, um, I came here for the summer first, and uh, every day I would look outside, and it looked like it was going to rain. So I'd take an umbrella <laughs> and go off to work. I was like, why is no one else carrying an umbrella? Can they not see? It's clearly it's going to rain, right? Uh, so this went on for quite some time, and then it never, never rained. And then, uh, you know, after about a week of this, I think, I talked to some of my coworkers, and I said, you know, I uh, asked what was up, and they were like, oh, no, it doesn't rain in the summer here. Uh, that's the fog. Like, it's always there in the morning, and then it burns off, usually by the afternoon, and then in the evening it'll creep up again. And uh, So you don't, you don't actually need to think that it's going to rain and carry an umbrella. So. so I started to learn the science in my new environment, you know, and then... Uh, act accordingly. I didn't have to carry an umbrella around as much. So similarly, as you practice, uh, and sitting meditation practice is kind of like, okay, in the lab conditions, like no one is bugging me right in this moment. I'm sitting here quietly breathing. So can I recognize an emotion as it arises? Can I label this emotion? Can I bring awareness to being present with this emotion? Uh, Is it possible to be steady with it, balanced with it? So that's like your lab practice. Then you get into the messy world where people are interacting with you and jostling you and, you know, cutting you off in traffic and whatever. So then it's more challenging. Can I do that under those conditions? But here we practice in sort of lab conditions, beginning conditions to suss it out. And in the beginning, maybe you only notice when you're like deep in rage. You're like, oh, right, angry, rage. Okay. Then as soon as you notice, whatever point you notice, Notice what that feels like. So drop your attention to your body. Feel what it's like here. Uh, feels what it's like in the mind and heart. You know, everything. Whatever you can notice about it is good. Temperature, movement, energy, sensations. Right? Next time, maybe you'll catch it a little bit sooner. A little bit sooner. Right? It's all good. It's all learning. We're tracking this. Right? Some people have more immediate fluency with this than others. Um, you know, through temperament and through, or through other kinds of training. So... Um, for some people, this one is very, very difficult. It's okay. You know, you start wherever you are, and everyone has the ability to gain uh, 
more ability to do this. I promise you that. So that's a little bit about working with emotions. Um, so let's try it, shall we? So we're going to practice this in sitting posture first. Go into the lab. So you can just sit in some comfortable way. You can stop it. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.